High atop one of the hills which ring the teeming metropolis of Gotham City, a large house rears its bulk against the dark sky. Outwardly, there's nothing to distinguish this house from many others. But deep in the cavernous basements of this house, in a chamber hewn from the living rock of the mountain, is the strange, dimly lighted, mysteriously secret Bat's Cave, hidden headquarters of America's number one crime fighter, Batman. Yes, Batman clad in the somber costume which has struck terror to the heart of many a swaggering denizen of the underworld. Batman, who even now is pondering the plans of a new assault against the forces of crime. A crushing blow against evil in which he will have the valuable aid of his young, two-fisted assistant, Robin the Boy Wonder. You're listening to the Batman 80th Birthday Special, presented by DC On Screen. But first... A word from our sponsor. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome in to DC On Screen episode 539. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this, a mysterious and adventurous figure fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer in his lone battle against the evil forces of society, Jason Goss. Oh, I thought you were going to say Condiment Man. Condiment King? Condiment King. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel better for not remembering who that was. Well, that's good i guess but yeah that the mysterious and the the whole little yeah that's from detective 27 their Mm -hmm. lead up to batman from 39 yes batman uh 1939 and this is dc on screen episode 539 so cute just like for superman's 80th or no episode was number 480 and i didn't plan those things i don't plan that kind of stars perfect it was just nice it's nicely done yeah I I can't believe that Batman's been around for 80 years, mostly because I haven't been around for that long. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> unfathomable for us, I, sure. But I thought we'd have a little episode. Where we talk about our first interactions with the character, what we like about the character, our favorite versions, our least favorite uh, favorite uh, storylines. Um, let's let's talk about how we first came into contact with the character, Jason. Me, Batman sixty six. Really? Yeah. I think that was my earliest memory of Batman. I don't know if it was the first one, but it was my earliest memory of him. Because okay. it, was, it was in reruns in the uh, the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. And they would actually do um, like two hours worth of reruns, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So, was it a... Sorry, was it a 30-minute show or an hour show? It was, uh, it was a 30-minute 30 30 show. show, yeah. Yeah. All right, so they'd do a full hour of Batman. And then uh, <laughs> so you would get to see at the end of the first 30... Will Batman escape the blah, blah, blah? You know, and then mm-hmm. I was so, like, I was so fucking young. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> this looks bad. <laughs> it was literally before I understood, like, how acting in television worked. I mean, it was uh-huh. it was just early, early memories. But I still remember thinking, like, oh, this is compelling. Like, but, I, but I was invested in the show as though it wasn't a campy, <laughs> ridiculous show made for adults. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
it, see, I would I would see stuff like that, not that specifically, but when I was that young, I would be like the my, my earliest memory, I would be like, well, he's not gonna die unless it's the last episode. <laughs> I didn't even have that going on. I really didn't. <laughs> because, and I think part of it though was because they weren't. It was just reruns. I don't think they were doing them in order, and it didn't necessarily matter in Batman sixty six if they were in order. Mm-hmm. So it, like, there was no serial. Like there wasn't like a through line with that show. You just kind of had a week to week situation. Yeah. But the you only know, through I, lines were when you had guest villains and they came back, you know, as that villain. And even then, sometimes they didn't come back as the same actors or actors. So you, it, there wasn't a, a part of my head that was saying, well, what if this is actually the last one? Like, mm-hmm. That didn't hit me at all. Well, see, the reason that hits me or that hit me, it, I don't think it did until I, um, like I was a big Star Trek fan. Uh, I still am. But mm-hmm. my parents would have us watch Star Trek every night. And then at some point, like when I was really young, like maybe three years old, um, which predates my Batman experience by about three years, we're sitting at home and I may have been about four, honestly, but we're sitting at home and we're on, we're flipping through channels or whatever. And Star Trek three is on, on television and spoiler alert for Star Trek three, they blow up the freaking enterprise. (laughs) Yeah. Like they self, they self destruct that bitch. Like it is done. And I didn't, you know, at that point there would have been no other Star Trek movies. Probably, I don't think. Uh, maybe Star Trek Four was coming out in theaters, which makes which tracks for them showing Star Trek Three on television in preparation. But, um, yeah. you know, I remember thinking like, first of all, I was blown away that they made stuff after the show, and I was like, wait, so how is this Star Trek? And they were like, oh, well, that's when they're older. And then I watched them blow up the Enterprise, and I was like, this is the last. This is the last episode. I just watched the last episode of Star Trek. <laughs> so, I'd, like, as a kid, whenever like, there was always that little thing in the back of my mind where, like, I'm watching whoever, Batman or whoever it is, like, I'm like, I want to see the rest. And my parents would be like, well, you know, they're not going to die. And I'm like, unless this is the last one, like, with Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A similar experience. And it, I must have been three or four when I was watching Batman 66. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe I could probably find like syndication records somewhere, but a good lord, that'd involve some research. But I remember I I was given like a Superman cape, and I just uh, like a, I had a Superman outfit that I refused to take off. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, I watched Superman Quest for Peace because I, I mean I my dad kept the tickets. He was enthralled by like he he couldn't believe I'd sat still for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was I was completely enthralled like with that ridiculous fucking film and. It carried over, like, so I don't remember seeing Quest for Peace ever, like until we reviewed it a couple of years ago. I, I I have no memories of that, mm-hmm. but I do remember like specifically sitting in certain rooms in my house when I was growing up with like certain versions of decorations. Like my mom would uh, just reorganize things every now and then, but I remember like specific variations and sitting there on like her bed or the living room or whatever and watching Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it that 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 must have been a while, but. Uh, I think I've told you this before. Like one of the, uh, I don't remember exactly where in my head uh, I realized, you know, shows end and shows have like a production period and stuff like that. I do remember the first time and I was, it, it was definitely not the first time it ever occurred to me that a show could end. But it was, I remember the first time I remember watching an episode of something and like halfway through the finale of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I realized, oh God, this is a finale. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, was, I was just watching the next episode happily and then realized, like, oh, they're done. This is it. Yeah. Because it just, I don't know, it had that that feel to it. So I, apparently somewhere in there I'd, I'd realized that there was such a thing. Well, I mean, Fresh Prince, we were pretty old, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a new concept at all. But it was the first time I realized in the middle of it, like, oh, yeah. It, so for me, in my memory, it was the first time where I realized that finales have a, a feel to them, you know? Mm-hmm. That there's, like, certain beats you've got to hit when you do a finale to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember anything in between. I literally, I've got nothing. Between seeing Superman so young that I don't remember it, and between, it must have been three or four years old, because um, that's best my best guess that's when my first memory started to uh, be something i can remember now um seeing batman 66 like i can remember like certain scenes even i can remember like when i went back and rewatched it a couple of years ago and thinking oh, oh dude i remember watching that like when i was three you know and uh dude past that it was like btas i don't think i had anything in between i'm pretty sure i remember watching the batman movies like at home like vhs style with my parents but i think it was something like in my family they just kind of Watched it and thought, okay. And we took it back the next night and didn't think about it again. Mm-hmm. It it did not, it didn't get in my orbit nearly as much as like w- with the animated series. That was something that like suddenly I was, I mean, I was trying to skip baseball practice. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was not always successfully, unfortunately, trying to skip baseball practice. But yeah, I was really going out of my way to try to make sure I was like seated, you know, uh, stereotypically like five feet in front of the television for, mm-hmm. for that show. Yeah, um, with me, like, my mom would make reference to Batman, and I didn't know what she was talking about. She's like, you know Batman, and then she'd go, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But the way she did it, it sounded more like the Twilight Zone intro to me. Yeah. So I always, oddly enough, like, she's referencing, like, the campiest, brightest version of Batman, and I just thought, like, Batman, and, like, heard her doing that and thought, like, that was the creepiest noise ever. So I would just, like, think of them, like... I would think of him synonymously with like creepiness and like darkness. Um, So it made total sense when Batman came out and she was like, Oh, I got to take you to go see Batman on my sixth birthday. We went to go see the first Batman movie. And And um, he just creeps down in frame behind somebody. And you're like, this is perfect. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is everything I ever dreamed of, which unfortunately we didn't see that part. No, we got there late. We got there as oh. Bruce, as drunk Bruce and Vicky Vale are trying to get up the stairs at Wayne Manor right before they get down. So Lord. yeah, um, no, actually that's not that's not true. Like it was it was right before that, but we came into the theater um, when they're sitting at the long table, and Vicky's like, "Can you pass the salt?" And he's like, he gets up and she's asking about if she's like, "Do you like eating in here?" And he like he's like, "Yes." Uh, he like looks around. He's like, "You know, to tell you the truth, I don't think I've ever been in this room before." <laughs> I do want to go see that movie again. Sit down yeah, and watch that I'm, again. I'm between in the last couple of hours we've been recording. We've uh, I've talked myself into it. I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> well, it's on DC Universe. I've got it on DVD, and it's coming out in theaters again in May. So you have plenty of options. Yeah, but the big screen. I've I've never gotten to really experience that. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, so it wasn't until later when, like, uh, I think my aunt taped it off of HBO for me. Uh, nice. So I had that VHS a few months later. Piracy but, um, in its infancy. What's that? It was piracy in its infancy right there. I mean, kind of, but I don't think they saw it that way. She's like, I pay for it. I'm going to tape it. No, they definitely saw it that way. There's a disclaimer. 
That's funny. Um, actually, there's not a disclaimer on that on that on HBO. Like, because I had the tape for years. Like, really? I, yeah, absolutely. Like, there were advertisements for a Madonna concert, and um, then an advertisement for Batman being on HBO that month, and then it went dark, and the Warner Brothers logo came up. There was no there was no piracy disclaimer. Well, they never said piracy. It was like any attempt to uh, duplicate blah, 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 blah. It was, that, that, like that, it was either a red or a blue screen. Or maybe mm-hmm. it was a red, then a blue screen. I can't remember. No, wasn't there. Oh, I'll be wasn't there. Absolutely not. It was one of my favorite I... Family Guy jokes. God knows when it was in Family Guy's run, but it was like he tapes a Patriots game. Uh-huh. And then later he goes to, he, he puts in the VHS and starts to play it. And then like a, a swarm of agents storm through the front door and say like, did you get the explicit <laughs> permission of the NFL and... Fox to blah 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 blah. Like, no, I just thought I'd tape, and they just like shoot the ever-living hell out of his television and VHS player and leave the place. That's funny, but no, I, uh, yeah, that tape. I wore that tape into the ground, dude. I wore, I put, I had that tape playing probably every day for like two years. Yeah, like I, I until Batman the Animated Series came out, probably like finally had something new to chew on, you know. But yeah, that they didn't have a disclaimer on that tape. That's <laughs> still a little bit surprising. I mean, it no, was I mean, I 1989, guess, I guess 1990, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so, and that's when I actually got to see like Batman lowering and, you know. Right. Uh, it's not what I heard, man. I heard the bat got him. The bat? Oh, man, give me a break. <laughs> it was a good moment. I can't remember how many stories he says. Something straight down. Wasn't no blood in the body. No shit. It was all over the pavement. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first, uh, interaction with the character um and then subsequently like and dude it was my it was my sixth birthday my mom huge batman fan got me like the batmobile they they she went nuts man like batmobile i had a batman figure a robin figure i was like who the hell's robin robin figure riddler figure mr freeze <laughs> i had a joker you know it was i had a batwing and i you know i that seat i still have all the little happy mills figures mm-hmm that were kind of from that era. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I still. I don't remember when I first saw that movie. Yeah. And yet, when I was in high school, like I was a sophomoreish in high school, was a mm-hmm. friend of mine, Ben, that he just he would interject into a conversation, uh, it, it, use it as a non sequitur, but it was perfect. He would just kind of lean into somebody and say, "Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" Mm-hmm. And I knew what he was talking about, but I still don't remember when I saw that movie the first time. That's funny. Yeah, I remember that from. It the... amused me every time he did it. I just don't remember why I knew the reference. Oof, yeah, I must have seen him do that four or five dozen times in my lifetime. Yep, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, with all of that, like they gave like I, I my birthday is relatively close to Christmas. Like it's in September, and you know, so I'm probably like meshing Christmas and birthday because you know we weren't we weren't rich people. Um. It might have literally been meshed together that year. And, you know, back then uh, it wasn't but because they're really weird about that. But I have a pretty big family. So uh, back then, especially my mom would like really coordinate a lot of the gift giving. Like She'd be like, OK, I got him this and this and this. You need to get him this and this. And, you know, so I don't know exactly who all gave me what because, again, I was six. But, dude, I had like so much Batman stuff that year. I had nice. I had uh, uh, 
the collectible cards from the movie. Um, and that's how I learned, as I was a big Beetlejuice fan, the animated series, I found out Tim Burton directed Batman and also did Beetlejuice and that Batman was Beetlejuice. And I was like, holy shit, my world is opening. <laughs> I love the animated series. I remember knowing that I had seen the movie and I still don't remember exactly when I saw that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I am not sure when my earliest Tim Burton memories begin. Uh, mine began with Batman and quickly branched into Beetlejuice and other things. Um, it was a great cartoon, though. It was. I have it all on DVD. Nice. Right next to the movie. Right. Naturally. Uh, I'm sick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so shortly after that, like they got me into, like they were heavily airing uh, the Adam West, the 66 series. I think it was on TBS. My grandparents, we didn't have a VCR. My grandparents had cable and a VCR. We didn't have either. Um and they would tape these blocks, these kids' blocks on, like, TBS or whatever. And it was, like, Batman. And then it would be, like, just huge. It's, like, an hour-long block of Batman and, like, an hour-long block of, like, the Three Stooges or something. And I just remember, like, I had tapes with, with Batman 66 and the Three Stooges. And I was a kid, so I was like, this is great. I have an hour that of... Sounds- Awesome. I have a serious. Uh, I have an hour of serious stuff, and then an hour of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Still not in on the joke yet. Yeah, not quite. I don't think. Uh, but I got on a real I kick. I feel you, man. The weird thing is, is like I got on a uh, on a super weird kick of um, like I was obsessed with uh being a purist. Like I could enjoy all the different versions of uh, of Batman they had. But I remember being in school and someone had, and this was around 92 when, when the uh, animated series came out because they did, they had the Fox Kids magazine and there was an article and the kid was a jackass, wouldn't let me see the magazine, you know, up close. Like they, uh, I didn't even know there was a magazine for a minute and then I realized there was because this kid had it, but um, wouldn't let me see it up close, wouldn't let me hold it, but just kind of angled the page at me from afar and let me see that there was a, an article that had pictures of Batman through the ages, all the different versions of Batman that had existed. And uh, I caught a glimpse of some of the 1940s serial stuff and some of the first drawings of Batman. And, you know, I draw. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've i always drawn as, well, as long as I can remember. And I've, I've been over here drawing the Adam West Batman because I'm like, oh, I only want to draw the first Batman, the original Batman. <laughs> I was just st- stuck in that mode. And then I was like, wait, that shit's not the first. So like, but you know, we don't have the internet at that point. You know, it's like 91, 92. I mean, it was available. I was fucking with the internet at that point, but it was not what it is today. I said we didn't have the internet at that point. Yeah, Um, it was not. But even when I, when we got the internet a few years later, like they didn't have, you couldn't look up stuff like you can now. Like we, cause I, when we finally got the internet, I was like, Oh good. I'll finally be able to like find out all the stuff about the old Batman stuff. Like, no, 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 that shit wasn't there. No. You had to go to like Alta Vista or fucking Netscape Navigator or something. Um, and just pray within the next 200 results, you could find something that said like Batman 66 universe.com or whatever. Mm hmm. So, or dot net more likely, you know, I, I pretty much got my Batman history piecemeal. Like, and it was, it was like, I remember like not knowing anything was coming out. Batman Returns, a, a freaking uh, TV advertisement for Batman Returns came, came on while I was watching TV. And it was like, you know, while the bat's away, the cat will play. And I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I like jumped up out of my chair, 
ran out, started screaming at my mother. Batman, Batman's coming back. Batman's returns. Batman's Catwoman. They got a penguin <laughs> and the Catwoman. I was so excited. And then shortly thereafter, they, they announced Batman the Animated Series. And I was so excited. Like, 92 was like my year. Like, and I didn't get to see Batman Returns in the theater. I got to see, I saw it later when it came out on VHS. But I knew it was there. It was just, we just didn't get out to it. Um, but that was okay because, you know, Batman Returns came out. And then like two months later, Batman the Animated Series came out. And um, I was just in heaven. You had something was, to yeah, digest there. Yeah, Batman Batman Returns was just everything. And I mean, sorry, Batman the Animated Series was just everything. And I was confused at why, like, I was like, why does Batman, I mean, why does Batman Returns and Batman the Animated Series have Penguin with flipper hands? He didn't have flipper hands in 1966. But, um, you know, I, Batman the Animated Series for so long was just my definitive take on the character and probably still is. I mean, we were eight-ish. We were still like the idea of like multiple divergent continuities. We were still working with that. We're still, mm-hmm. still developing that idea. Yeah, and also I, th- I want to say before that even happened, and I'm gl- I- I'm pretty sure it happened before animated series came out. Uh, it was probably in re- uh, sorry in uh, response to the Batmania that happened in '89. Suddenly, you would like go out to places like uh, Kmart and Walmart, and you would see they they had VHS copies of things, you know, and uh, that was Batman related, and they had an and I still have it too, a VHS of the 1949 serial, and I was like, holy shit, this is this is like old school Batman and Robin, hell yeah. <laughs> for a while if you dig around in my mom's house you can find plenty of drawings from that age where like i'm only drawing those like well, who was it like was, i can't remember if it was lewis wilson or, or lowry but oh, i'm I only drawing no i'm only drawing the 49 batman and robin like robin's got curly hair it's a whole thing right um, so yeah i uh just i had that plan on a loop and I remember I even watched it uh, when I lived with you. I had thrown it on the DVD set. Oh, yeah. and you, came, you came in and you were like, mm, what the hell is this? Oh, I knew what it was. <laughs> well, I don't know why you said what the hell is this. I knew, I knew what I was looking at. <laughs> I was just thinking. I remember thinking like you have like 4,000 DVDs. <laughs> why is this what you're watching? <laughs> because black and white Batman are on top of a train fighting bad guys. Shut up, Jason. I know. I know. <laughs> I get the gist of it. Um, I get it. <laughs> now they're fighting diamond I, thieves in an alley. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, like, Party City level costumes. It was so bad. Oh, Party City's, uh, I mean, those costumes had nothing on Party City at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, yeah. You can get an admirable Hulk compared to what they were wearing. And I've 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 read that uh, the guy playing Batman in that forty nine serial was in such bad shape that like in between takes when they were doing like the fighting scenes, he they had to wheel in like an oxygen tank. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. They probably wheeled in like an oxygen tank and like three fingers of gin and mm-hmm. a half a pack of Pall Malls and said, "All right, you ready to go, buddy? All right, hit the. We'll see you in ten. That would be great. Yeah, it was Robert Lowry. Lowry. Yeah, Lowry mm-hmm. sounded right. Yeah, Lewis Wilson was from 49 then. Sorry, 43. All right, Lowry, we got to do that shot over again. We forgot you had a cigarette in your mouth. Wasn't in the previous take. <laughs> He's like, it's 1949. Batman can smoke. Well, I don't want to waste it. Robin, finish it for him so we can get on with this take. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've been pretty steeped for quite a while. 
And yeah. uh, I think my first... Like, I know BTAS was a huge part of me growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, I, I carved out time for it as much as you could. Like, it was one of those shows where when I got grounded, it was like, oh, God, that means I can't watch Batman. Like, it, it it was one of the first things that occurred to me. But I honestly, I think I came, came to it through a, a, an entirely different thing. Like, I don't know... What happened as far as, like, for me and uh, and some of these characters, uh, when I was so young that I still kind of barely remember it, I was obsessed with them. And then at the same time, it was like I had a huge Ghostbusters thing. And mm-hmm. then uh, it, it was an obsession, and then I don't quite remember what was going on, and then suddenly it was uh, huge for me again. But I think there was, like, a Looney Tunes back in like, backdoor thing for me. Where, oh, like, yeah? for me, I, I kind of went... I, I got really into, like, I would wake up super early in the morning. Because, like, you remember, you, like, from 5 to 7 in the morning, sometimes you could be, you could find Looney Tunes on? Mm-hmm. And especially before, like, the normal Saturday morning cartoon block, uh, if you woke up at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, you could watch a couple hours of Looney Tunes. Or, hell, if you woke up early enough, you could watch, like, uh, Betty Boop. Is that, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could find that stuff if you woke up early enough. Mm-hmm. But I would I would get up early enough to watch that and, you know, go drink half a gallon of sweet tea and fucking stay up and, and watch Looney Tunes, and I was really into it. And uh, then backdoor style, like, WB started airing stuff like Animaniacs and uh, mm-hmm. Tiny Tunes, and I I think, like, I, I want to say Gargoyles before that. Yeah, that was a thing. You know, like did, should... you know who did Gargoyles? Who's that? I believe I know there was... a lot of... Voices that I knew. No, I don't mean the voices. I mean, uh, I believe that was Greg Wiseman, the guy that does Young Justice now. Nice. I would, uh, I would not be surprised. But it, in my memory, and I, you know, come on, man, it's nearly thirty years. I don't know, but in my memory, there was a lot of backdoor stuff like that where I was kind of already watching stuff in that time frame and in that uh, vein, uh-huh. and then ran across Batman the Animated Series and thought, oh hell, yeah, yeah, this is it. I mean, and I still I, watch the hell out of all of the rest of that. Like I, I. Still love Animaniacs, frankly. <laughs> we watched oh, yeah. it a few years ago, and I like even as an adult, seventy percent of that material stands up. It really does. I mean, uh, even predating Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, and uh, you know, we know that Bruce Tim and Paul Dini came from that. And yeah, I don't know if you remember, but there's a great um, one. Of my favorite uh, episode of Tiny Toons had uh, Plucky playing Bat Duck, and <laughs> I don't remember I don't the. I remember that. I think the pig's name was Hampton, but he was uh, he was the uh, Batman's trusty or Bat Duck's tra- trusty sidekick decoy, and he was in a Robin costume except instead of an R, there was like a giant target on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that picture since, but I don't remember the episode. Honestly, from Tiny Toons, I remember really enjoying it, but like so many people, the only thing we remember is down the hole or whatever. Yeah. I remember quite a bit from Tiny Toons. I don't. I really don't. They did the Citizen Kane send-up. I remember that one pretty well. Um, I remember thinking that it was it was stuff that was actually like written in a way where I was supposed to be able to grasp it, but I remember thinking there's a lot more going on here than I understand. Yeah, here, here's a weird thing. Um, when I was a kid... We were like we were raised on stuff like Dick Van Dyke and the Andy Griffith Show and I Love Lucy. So yeah. like I watched Nick at Night for at least two hours every every fucking night. Right. So it was nothing to me as a kid to walk into a video store and decide because I'd heard good things to rent Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, I did that. So when I'm watching 
Tiny Toons and they're doing like, you know, Maximilian standing up there with a giant picture of himself. I'm like, oh, they're doing Citizen Kane. Dope. Okay, cool. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I got it. I, it. I don't remember it well enough. I, I, I do remember like being, you know, 13 years old and renting Citizen Kane and kind of getting a weird look from my mom. Like, oh, I want to watch it. I want to try this. Okay. And yeah. watching it think, and again, thinking, uh, there's a lot going on here. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I understand that this is a, a picture that is more complete than my 13 or 12 year old or whatever the hell brain can. I don't have the back catalog to grasp this at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I, I was a kid. I saw a fat guy on a cover smiling in front of a giant picture of himself. I thought it was a comedy. It was not a comedy. Uh, no, no, it was not. I'm not sure there's a joke in the entire thing. Oh, there is. It's, it is a funny movie at times. Like, is it? It is, it is dark humor. It's gallows humor, man. Like that's the, that's the other thing about it, though. It's been that same 20 years since I've watched that movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's I, it's solid, man. I, I, I love Citizen Kane. <laughs> um, I got nothing against it. I, like, every time I see it on some, like, world's best films of all time and it's up there i'm like okay sure i've got no problem with that but i don't pretend to completely understand it mm, it's been too long you need to watch it again just I, sit down yeah. one, sit down you know one day wait until your wife and your kid is out of town or something sit down and watch citizen kane and and then watch the master <laughs> nice that's actually a good call and just that's like, actually a good call listen to the language man the language of both of those movies are fantastic i'm sure i still like i I remember it well enough that I I get I get a lot of why it gets its praise. Mm-hmm. I, again, nothing against it. I just it's been so damn long, and I was very young. Mm-hmm. Same time, I, it's amazing what you've like what you uh, catch at the right time in your life. Like a movie that got almost no praise and is largely forgotten is Where the Buffalo Roam. Mm-hmm. And I've probably watched it fourteen times. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love that movie. I mean, it, and there's a moment in the middle of it where it's like Bill Murray playing Hunter S. Thompson singing the Beatles. And I was like, I can die now. Mm-hmm. I, that's my life completely come around. Not that both versions aren't completely valid, but I would go so far as to say that Where the Buffalo Room might be a better movie than Fear and Loathing. It might be. Yeah. Again, like you said, if I wouldn't argue with either of those opinions, but it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we need to talk about Batman. Yeah. Uh, any idea what your first Batman comic was? No, genuinely no idea. Because I, I know I had, I know I had some stuff growing up, but it it did not survive. Like I, I had toys that survived, but uh, mm-hmm. papers, pfft, no, Whoa. gone. I just hit my microphone. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, my first Batman comic. I have it. It's in the basement. It's in my with in with my comics. Mm-hmm. Uh. January 1992's uh, Batman 473, The Idiot Root Part 3. And uh, I actually had, like, I read it so much. And it, that's Norm Breifogel artwork, Peter Milligan writing. Uh, I read that issue so much that the cover came off. I don't know where the cover is. Um, <laughs> but I do have the coverless version on bag and board uh, in the basement. And I rebought the issue with a cover, a pristine copy, and have it hanging on my wall in my office. See, Cause, that's nice. Because it's my first. And I, w- I did buy the other parts of the series so I could read the whole storyline. <laughs> yeah. But for years, I only had part three. Mm. Because that's what they saw at Walmart when they decided to give me a stack of comics for Christmas. I, I'm actually 
pretty thankful that I I wasn't really reading comics at that age. Yeah. Because it, it's it's tortuous, you know? Like, you, you've... For the most part, you were, like like you said, it, that was what was on the grocery store shelf, and your mom let you buy it that day. Well, no, this was... My aunt gave them to me for Christmas. I didn't ask for any of them. I, she literally just gave me a stack of comics in a box. It was uh, Batman 730... Uh, sorry, 473, and uh, it was a random issue of Superman, and I don't remember the actual issue number, but I remember Superman was only in one panel of the book, whole book, and everybody else was either Lois, Clark as Clark, or and even though Clark and Lois were engaged, apparently, she didn't know he was Superman. I think that's the thing I remember. And then, like, the nice. rest of the issue Probably. dealt with Jimmy Olsen and Lana Lang getting down or supervillains. It was real weird and real boring for a kid. <laughs> and I got, like, you know, several Star Trek comics, uh, some by Michael Chan Freeman, which, you know, that's a good guy there. Um, it like, actually sounds like what they're doing in, like, action comics right now. Yeah. Which I'm actually really enjoying, but they uh, the, the, the Bendis era is... In action comics, it's largely about Clark Kent and uh, a lot of things that are happening. That it's been uh, like Superman appears in every, I think, in every issue, but he's not the focus point. Whereas in Superman, it's really about Superman. Yeah, but yeah, it wouldn't be until Nightfall that I really got into the comics, and to my great uh, pleasure, Norm Breakfogel was still involved in at least some of that. Um, See, I the way I acquired books in general when I was young was uh like i really enjoyed it when the book fair came through because i could just like check mark a lot of stuff mm. like when we were at school and the book fair and check mark a lot of stuff and get all the books i wanted and that was good because i i really enjoyed reading and but i would read you know book books not comic books i cannot imagine and i'm really glad like I, when i would go over to a friend's house and uh, like i specifically remember going over and finding uh, the death of superman at a friend's house and like as soon as that dude fell asleep i went over and grabbed it and started reading yeah, that, and then wound up in uh, the bathroom, no less. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's what you told me. Probably. That's what you said <laughs> on our Superman 80th anniversary special. I don't doubt that. I don't remember that now. but You said the light was keeping them up, so you wound up taking the book oh, into the bathroom sh- and reading. Yes. Yeah, that was true. That was true. <laughs> you can get away with, you know, private time in the bathroom. But, um, yeah, like, a, a short of, like, squirreling away with stuff stuff here and there i didn't uh i i just i didn't read a lot of it like i would uh watch everything that i could get my hands on but i i certainly didn't have any kind of collection um like really until i was an adult and could actually like not have to beg my mom at a supermarket to have that kind of thing yeah because it would have been a fight i mean it just would have been like every every week would have been like i just bought you one last week I'm like yeah but they come out every <sighs> but <laughs> But there's this, and that. like I can just imagine that conversation with a mom, and it would have gone very poorly on oh, a yeah. regular basis. Oh yeah, I mean, and then on yeah. top of that, getting it in such a like we didn't have anything in the area, like getting it at a supermarket. You're I I have a pull list at a or at a comic book store right now, and I still don't get everything I order every time because mm-hmm. s- stuff will literally be like crushed by a forklift and thrown away or shipped to some other place. Like I cannot imagine trying to keep up with the storyline. From that little spinny supermarket thingy. Yeah, it was tough. It would have been frustrating. Like, how it wound up for me, like, we would go to either Family Mart or Food World. And usually, like, at this point, I was also into X-Men. I was into X-Men and Batman. 
And Star Trek. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the X-Men the Animated Series was also big around that time. Like, mm-hmm. And it was great. Great. So, Love that thing. I would usually have to try to, like, finagle uh, a comic book. And basically, I would choose based on the artwork. Like, because yeah, I knew I couldn't get two. And then once Wizard Magazine started coming in, it was hell. It was like, well, shit. These are like, you know, four ninety nine or whatever. It's like two comic books. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that. Like I was at Food World when I got Batman four ninety seven. That was Nightfall number eleven. I picked that up and said, "Holy shit!" They just broke Batman's back. <laughs> Thankfully, my mom said, "Okay, that's fine." Um, I had saved up birthday money and all sorts of other shit and wound up going to a comic book shop, Capital City Comics, over here in Montgomery. Which I don't, I'm not in Montgomery right now, but uh, that guy's still around over yonder. And um, wound up buying the rest of the Nightfall line just so I could like figure out what the hell was going on. Uh, so yeah. Nightfall is responsible for me actually going into a comic book shop for the first time. Nice. Uh, so yeah, like, but as far as like the, the, the supermarket thing, like, yeah, it would be like between Batman detective comics, um, you know, just some Batman comic. Um, sometimes it, it would be a Star Trek book usually uh the ones based on the original series and uh either x-men adventures or x-men classic x-men adventures was them specifically adapting the uh the animated series episodes but i really like the artwork like so if i wanted to like take that home and like figure out how that guy was drawn i'd be like uh just saw this episode but i want this one right but classic x-men usually had john romita jr from the 80s artwork so that was usually hard to pass up <laughs> but yeah. you know every couple of weeks i could usually talk them into getting me one of those <laughs> God, it's amazing like for like 20 bucks a month at this point uh after dc gets up and booted i mean you can have everything you've ever it's ever been on a shelf mm-hmm. between both companies mm-hmm. at your disposal just amazing Isn't that sick? in just our lifetimes what's what's happened so I think it's, uh, you know, I, I know we're kind of going off on a lot of different things, but to be honest, Batman is what got me into comic books and got me into superheroes. So, you know, while I may have, I mean, while my first comic book may have been a Ghostbusters comic that was thusly thrown away because there was something that looked too much like Satan in it, mm-hmm. yeah. um, my, my comic book interest is really rooted in Batman in a way that, you know, if it wasn't for Batman, I wouldn't have even tried X-Men. If it was... <laughs> I just wouldn't have like nice. I wouldn't have been into superheroes. Batman got me into superheroes, and I'm not sure. I think I've always been interested in the extraordinary, and these characters are just really well refined versions of the the supernatural in mm-hmm. general. I mean, I I've always been a huge fan of like like I, I love looking up stories of like Chupacabra and Bigfoot and stuff. It's all complete bullshit, but I it's it's fascinating, and hilarious to me. Um, UFO stories, ghost stories, all that. Like, I'm, I'm always happy to hear it. I have, uh, not <laughs> depending on which topic and that paranormal realm you're asking me about. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost nothing or absolutely nothing as far as belief goes. But I'm always fascinated to hear the story. <laughs> but it, with with these guys, it's uh, just versions of 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 supernatural that. Are, I don't have to believe them. They're just good because they're good. Like they're uh, enjoyable because they're worth hearing about. Like there yeah. are our uh, our, our eras and definitely our generation's version of like the the Greek demigods and oh man, just uh, rich, just rich. Yep. 
So what would you say is your favorite version of, of Batman? Yeah. I'll stick with what we've said several times before. Animated series. Yeah. That's probably what I'm gonna that's probably where I'm gonna lie as well. Like it's or at the very least it's some amalgamation of uh like I I feel like it's kind of the same, but not really. Like I think my favorite version of Batman is probably Justice League and Justice League Unlimited Batman. If you're getting specific. If I'm getting specific, because yeah. um I feel like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited Batman is a lot closer to the paradigm set by Grant Morrison in the JLA run of ninety seven. Like he is, you know, the future version of BTAS Batman. He's gotten so good at his craft that he kind of is Bat God. Where right. instead of like, you know, Bane punches him and he falls across, you know, falls, uh, you know, f- f- across the room and he's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I feel like JLA Batman is the JLA or Justice League Batman is the guy who would like see a machine gun shooting and be able to stay like exactly one toes worth ahead of every bullet <laughs> because he's just tracking that guy's movements. Right. Uh, Justice League Batman is the guy who, you know, would trick uh, Wally West uh, into letting him sacrifice himself. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he saves Wally and he's like, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Like, Oh my God, you're dying. Oh, what? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, it's the same character in, in universe, but he's an older version of the character. Um, that version of the character who would sit with Ace as she's dying. Oh yeah. That's one of the strongest scenes in the entire run. Mm hmm. And and I think that's my favorite version of the character from the comics is the Morrison JLA version where you can play with a lot of the darker tones and stuff in in the Batman books. And that's fine and good. I always really love the idea. Like I loved his interactions with the Justice League uh, and specifically with um, specifically with characters like Kyle uh, Rayner and, and Wally West who are in awe of him and terrified of him even though they're clearly more powerful than he is. Yeah. Um, and I would say that even tracks over to the Mark Wade. Like, Mark Wade writes a hell of a Batman. And uh, yeah. he, the Tower of Babel, man. Like, I love mm-hmm. that. I, like, he's just so ahead of the curve, except, you know, that's exactly what his downfall is. Like, that is Batman's greatest weakness, uh, is being so prepared that he actually, like, alienates everyone else. Um, right. But then to subsequently write that whole seg- that whole storyline, I don't remember what that one was called, where like the the fairy tales are turns out they were like real and they actually come back to the real world and uh, that's that one's metal. No, that's not metal. This is you like sure? yeah, like the fairy- that is for sure the premise. Well, oh, that's weird. Yeah, Mark yeah. Wade wrote a storyline in JLA uh, right after Tower of Babel, where fairy tales were unleashed upon the world and the justice league they were having trouble figuring out what the hell was going on and they'd already kicked batman out and then like batman's over here no, like no 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 yeah no that's not the premise that, yeah i i know what you're going for but it was it was different like in, in metal it was it wasn't a fairy tale it was like the nightmare version like every person's version of oh my god what if bruce wayne had grown up this yeah time? yeah 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 no, I'm talking about like Snow White and all that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like actual fairy tales. Turns out they were real and they were being held in a pocket dimension inside of a book or something. The Justice League couldn't figure it out. And then, like, as they're like trying desperately to figure it out, you get like a psst. And then, like, I think Flash or Plastic Man or somebody like walks over into a dark corner and 
Batman's there with like a copy of Grimm's fairy tales. He's like, all right, this is the key. See you later. (laughs) It's like that ver like Morrison and Wade did Batman in a way that was just like James Bond and Paul Dini's Batman all in one that I really appreciated. Um, like the superpower of predictability and, um, foresight. mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I do think the the jail jail uh U version is my favorite version in a lot of ways. That's solid. I mean, we grew up with those versions. It's going to be hard for those not to be like top of our list. First thing you think about favorite versions. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite version? A least favorite? Um. Hmm. God, that's that is a different question entirely. Well, it's the opposite. Well, that's why it's a different question. <laughs> you hit that right on the head. Uh huh. I can't come up with a good answer off the top of my head. Um, I I have an answer for it, but I don't want to beat a dead horse or a horse that we've previously beaten. Uh, given given the the uh, given Dark Knight, George Clooney comes to mind. I I think Dark Knight Rises. I think probably the Nolan Batman. Oh yeah, we have beaten that horse, and but I, it's fair. And I say that only because I say that over Clooney only because Clooney didn't stop being Batman. That <laughs> was the ultimate concern for us. Was like he just he just shut down the operation for a while. Yeah, and I you know the one thing you can't do if you're a Batman. I mean, you know, you could say like eight years. All right, well, even Dark Knight Returns, like the quintessential Batman story, the thing that everybody cites as pure genius that you have to read. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Even then, he had he had quit for some time and then had to come back, just like in Dark Knight Rises. But in Dark Knight Rises, he goes away a second and final time. At the very end of that movie, he quits being Batman. It just And he had a better reason in Dark Knight Returns. And he had a better reason in Dark Knight Returns. And he didn't stop either. He just stopped being quote-unquote Batman for a minute. Because, like, you know, if you read the rest of Frank Miller's trilogy, he comes back. He goes hard. He comes back and he comes <laughs> he back goes big. goes hard into Batman. So, yeah. uh, he, you know, I, I think that is the reason. I, I mean, think a Frank lot of Miller's people... is maybe my least favorite artwork for Batman. <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen things that I just like, I can't abide. Mm, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think Nolan's Batman is, you know, look, I've, I've got at least three Christian Bale Batman action figures. I'm not turning my whole, my back on the, on 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 the Nolan stuff completely. I've got a Heath Ledger no, Joker. There's a lot of good there as well. There is a lot of good there, uh, but I think ultimately that version of Batman is the least satisfying for me, just because of the 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 treatment of the Batman persona as a crutch and a hurdle for Bruce to overcome. That always is going as always going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, we have talked about this a lot, but in summary, for me, only because of how it ended. But at, when the Dark Knight came out, that was the best Batman thing I'd ever seen. Still, might be the best Batman thing I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. That movie was exhilarating. There, there were people standing up, clapping in the middle of the movie. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still that's... don't know if I've ever seen anything really like it. Yeah, there was a lot of potential there. Although uh, some of that has been kind of sullied for me, just because I'm seeing like after he- seeing the entire trilogy and seeing what Nolan and his writers and everybody was talking about like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see how they're going in that direction <laughs> in right. dark Knight, It's like, yep, they were totally setting it up for that, for, for Bruce to yeah. like, yeah. All right. Um, do you, do you have a favorite Batman storyline in the comics? Not that we, either mm. one of us have read everything. 
No. I like no. to think we've read the the essentials at least. Yeah, like the essentials. Um though I might try to go back and <laughs> DC universe baby. Uh, that's the reason I hate questions like these and like unless I've gone back and looked at stuff, I I have their like recency effect problem. Mhm. Like, well, you know it was good, you know it was good recently and um well, that's okay too, man. I mean, See, I have the opposite. Like, I don't remember things that just happened, but I remember like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw out Batman, you're one anytime. Like, oh, yeah, you're one. Shit. Yeah. It's great. Um, Nightfall yeah, doesn't hold up as well, that. but it does. It it always will hold a special place in my heart, just like the death of Superman. Yeah. Um, Something that was actually in there that was uh, like deeply affecting and fantastic. Maybe Court of Owls. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that was solid. It It... it didn't make me feel the same as some of those older ones like long halloween you know long halloween dark victory year one uh all brutal and wonderful and mm, killing joke dark knight returns well i was trying to think of something that was like that had a numbered issue oh yeah well i guess uh i don't know like no man's land i kind of like was a cool concept but it went on too long like <laughs> a refined version of that is <laughs> pretty goddamn good yeah but you're right when I, it, it did go on for for a while like it's one of the things i'm excited about with gotham is they're getting to do that yeah bruce wayne murderer was uh, it was a, it was a pretty good uh a pretty good story overall i think it was like vesper fairchild was found murdered in his in his house and uh there's a great bit that i uh i don't have it on hand if i find it i'll uh i might slip it into the edit but mm-hmm. I was actually just going through a bunch of uh, boxes and stuff that I had in my closet that I just needed to clean out stuff, you know. And I found a napkin that I have, I've probably had. Uh, well, I can tell you. I can tell you that at least. Uh, I found a, a, a napkin, though, that I wrote down this Batman speech. And I was like, I remember reading it. It was at my uh, grandmother, on my gra- at my grandmother's table. It was uh, from the Bat- Bruce Wayne fugitive storyline. It was starting that storyline, I think. It was Batman 600, and uh, Bruce broke out of prison, or somebody broke him out of prison. And he has this fantastic speech about how, like, he doesn't have to, he's not shackled by Bruce Wayne anymore. <laughs> and I wrote that speech down on a napkin so I could just keep it with me and use it as a bookmark. And I just found that napkin the other day. Nice. I was just like wrote it in a ballpoint pen, man. Just found that napkin. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I I have had that napkin since 2002. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah, the Bruce. Oh, that's solid. The Bruce Wayne fugitive, uh, Bruce Wayne murderer, and Vu- Bruce Wayne fugitive storyline was pretty solid. <sighs> that is solid. That I was can, Ed Brubaker. Like name like several things that I've enjoyed recently. And uh, for some reason, if I go back, all I end up doing is kind of hitting the classics. Mm-hmm. Kind of having trouble doing like a deep dive of, of oh man, this this one that's everyone forgot, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like um, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader or Arkham Asylum are, are kind of like, mm-hmm. if I go back and try to think of something that's it's been a minute that I really enjoyed, yeah. those come to mind. Other than that, some of the stuff recently, like I, I've mentioned Metal several times. Oh yeah, you have. Uh, the Snyder run right now is... God, God, Batman and Jaro is just a delight. Yeah, Death of the Family. Death of the Family was uh, phenomenal. Death uh, in the White Family Knight was good. I haven't read White Knight yet. Oh, I want to. It was, it was good. Oh, um, it was a lot of fun. Winnick's story, um, Under the Red Hood. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's also solid. great. Paired with Black Mirror, great. Hush is good. Uh, yeah. Morrison's uh, Dick Grayson Artwork and Damian Wayne. Fucking untouchable. Uh, Morrison's uh, Batman and Robin book, where it was uh, Dick as as uh, as Batman and Damian as Robin. Mm. That's fantastic. Never read that part. Give it a shot. I can soon when all of this is available. I think it probably already is on on DC Universe. It honestly. might be. Um, Speaking of which, the, the Injustice run with Batman also good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth. That's Mother's Milk. Yeah, yeah. That that one's solid. Um, hell, it's as many titles I can think of right now off the top of my head. You know, I I keep hearing I've got to read it, and I probably will very soon. Batman Earth One by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. I keep being told I need to read that, and I haven't done it yet. I mean, you probably do just based on who was involved in that book, right? Yeah, that feels like an add it to your uh, more immediate to do list kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I haven't done it either. Yeah, man, I would uh, I would love to read um, Batman. Oh, uh, the current like Max Batman series. The what? A lot of fun. There's a Batman and the Max crossover. Oh, okay. I need to read all of the Max anyway. I, I never got around to that. I read the first few issues and thought, oh, that's a really cool storyline. And then uh, the, it was too expensive to collect it all, and I never did. It was it was a fun premise. Like, it was... Um, oh, speaking of which, uh, Christopher White sent me the first of these and uh, did the second series and enjoyed it too, but, like, Batman and Ninja Turtles. It was a great read. Mm, yeah. But um, Batman and the Max, they did... It's it's like they end up on an operating table and their minds get melded and suddenly he's in the uh, what do you call it? It's not the expanse. It's something something like that. But anyway, they're in that like mental space that Max has. Mm-hmm. And uh, issue by issue, they're kind of like envisioning different Batman villains. It, trippy, a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some Batman guys. I'm 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 gonna get deeper in. Oh, DC yeah. Universe, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's plenty. <laughs> there is. Oh, man. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, sign off? No. All right. Well, guys, it's been fun talking about uh, Batman and the last uh, or our, our experiences with the character. And uh, I know we didn't really scratch the surface on a lot of the uh, the old uh, 50s and 60s stuff. And believe me, I've, I've read a lot of that uh, Batman and Robin uh, going to visit uh, that professor whose name I can't remember, and they get sent back in time in those chairs, <laughs> <laughs> and all those weird fifties issues where it was all aliens and shit. Comics code, we're out of ideas. Let's get let's get out there stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But man, I I just love so many versions of this character, and I, I would love to you know again if you haven't done it, I recommend I deeply recommend going to check out Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Because like the last episode of that series is maybe one of the most poignant Batman things ever. Um, I, I in fact watched the first episode first. I mean, sorry, the last episode first, uh, and got into that series through there because stupid final episode made me cry. Yeah, um, yeah. it's weird too because for half the episode you're wondering what's going on and then it pays off hard, hard. Yeah. So yeah, Batman the animated series. Uh, is probably going to be our biggest recommendation and his subsequent series um, in that line, which, if you don't know, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, um, you can count Static Shock. That's in canon. Mm -hmm. Um, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Zeta Project, which isn't incredibly necessary. 
<laughs> it's still canon, damn it. Well, Zeta Project does that thing where they're like, they have the backdoor pilot on Batman Beyond and they kind of right. end it with Zeta's on the run. And then like they do two seasons of a show and cancel it and they end it with Zeta's on the run. And you're like, well, I just yeah. I just did two seasons for it to end the same way it did in that Batman Beyond episode. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. Um, so yeah, Justice so that League. That felt right. Justice League Unlimited. Um, and Justice League Unlimited epilogue is maybe one of the greatest Batman stories. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, uncut Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, all of that stuff's in there. Uh, if you want like a full uh, list of all the things you need to watch in order, yeah, just message me. I'm sure you can find other people <laughs> doing it, but I'll, 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 I just sent a list to my uh, sister-in-law. She's borrowing all of my DVDs. She lives in Japan, so she can't get DC Universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That'll keep her occupied for a yeah. while. Yeah. My mother-in-law just went over there to visit her, so she she took, like, just uh, a case of my DVDs over there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, Yeah, I got I got her in, uh, I got her to watch Young Justice, and, and that was, she loved that, so. Oh, that's good. The first two seasons, anyway. Anywho. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the third. Uh, if this was your first episode, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash DC on screen. We do uh, extra content, $5 a month. If you want to do that, or if you just want to throw us a dollar a month, you cannot get extra content, but support us. I don't know why you would do any of that if this was your first time, uh, but I, I hope you do stay around with us on the free version of the show, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope that we've given you some recommendations and, and some uh, or at least at the very least a good insight into who we are and why we were uh were so into Batman and subsequently DC because mm-hmm. let's, let's I mean I know your your entry point to DC was Superman but mine was Batman and good lord <laughs> there's still combined 160 something years to digest between those two characters mhm uh thanks for listening and until next time keep some DC on your screen and some Batman on your page Hold on. It feels like we should do the whole, like, until next time. All right, wait. Is it uh, same bat time? Well, we we never actually came up with a time that we actually dropped this podcast. So, uh, same bat RSS feed, same bat inconsistency. Perfect. <laughs> I think we average, I think we usually average more more episodes a week than we do not. So, I think, yeah. I think it's usually probably we average, like, two episodes a week somehow. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry about showing up and not seeing anything new from us. I can't believe these yeah. guys. It's more like, damn yeah. it, they dropped another thing? We used to average four a week mm-hmm. until we had to stop doing the review every episode. And then now I, I still think we average one point something minimum. Yeah, probably. All right. Bye, y'all. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because GEICO gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail-biter. Nope. The GEICO team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. GEICO is awesome, baby, with a capital A. GEICO. Great service without all the drama. 
Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC.